0: Coming up on today's episode, we unveil our dream trade deadline scenarios for the Winnipeg Jets, plus a big move by a central rival.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's have some fun here to wrap up the week. Thank you guys for stopping by and tuning in once again. Joining me once again is CJOB's Tyson Rewiki. Tyson, what's
1: going on? Oh, it's going good. The trade juices are starting to flow now. It's, the NHL getting exciting now. I'm getting really pumped up for this trade deadline.
0: I I hey if the if the NHL can follow the NBA's blueprint here and we see the Avalanche move on from McKinnon and McCarr then yeah everything's going to be just gravy I, I, I doubt it's going to go that way but fireworks are uh, definitely on tap there. By the way, have you watched Everything Everywhere All at Once yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, so Tyson is going to be on a five minute uh, mute ban <laughs> starting now. And if you don't watch it ahead of the next episode, you will be you will be banned until you watch the movie.
1: <laughs> I can't help it. It's not my fault. It's just it, it seems too crazy. I need to be have a time where I'm like fully invested in it. I just haven't I really had have the time to be like, I'm gonna really oh, I don't have this time.
0: time. Oh my gosh. Have a kid and then come back to me when I don't have time to do anything. My God. Um, if you if you haven't watched it, by the way. The movie will kick your ass so hard. It's it's so good. I, I I think it's gonna win. I think it should win Best Picture. I think it's actually going to win Best Picture, which is very rare to see an actually like awesome movie. <laughs> when <laughs> when usually it's like some period piece about some boring dude from like the eighteen hundreds. But no, yeah, give give it a watch. I think you'll like it. Um, hopefully, that's the tie the, the the tagline or the title of the Winnipeg Jets trade deadline action this upcoming year in about three weeks time now with some of the big names started to drop off the list uh, i might want to get it done sooner than later chevy i don't know uh but either way everything everywhere all at once would be pretty sweet and it might be a good title for this episode to be honest because that's probably what we're going to get into here <laughs> me and tyson have both concocted our dream trade deadline scenarios for the winnipeg jets now I would say, rooted in some reality, right? Like you're not, you're not doing the old McDavid for Logan Stanley deal, right? Like we're we're trying to we're trying to keep it somewhat in the realm of you know, realism as opposed to like Shirelli lose your mind gming. <laughs> but essentially, you know, if you could pick the certain players to join the team for a for a cup run. The assets that you have to give up, what does that look like? And how do the Winnipeg Jets look going into the second half of the season, the unofficial second half? And does that make them an unofficial cup contender when you look at what some of the other teams are stacking up to do right now? So that's where we're going to go for the majority of the episode here today. And I guess I'll start us off here, Tice. And no real big surprise for anybody that's listened to the podcast for the last uh, couple of weeks. But my dream trade deadline scenario for the Winnipeg Jets starts off in the hockey hotbed of Arizona, where nightly 600 people get to witness a high-end blue-liner play for the Arizona Coyotes. Unfortunately, I'm not talking about Shane Gossesbear, my boy, but... I think for me, the dream trade deadline starts and ends with a guy who's been on the trade block longer than anybody else in the entire NHL right now. Um, it, it's got to be Jacob Chikrin. I don't know how realistic this is. I think the package that I've put forward here is is pretty realistic and at least you know pretty competitive in terms of what I think what it's going to take to get Jacob Chikrin out of there. I just don't know how interested the Jets are in him because we haven't really heard. Winnipeg as one of the rumored destinations for him. Like, we've heard a lot of Boston. I think we've heard a lot of L.A. But Winnipeg has been, in my opinion, surprisingly absent from the discussion surrounding the upper echelon defenseman. But for me, when you look at what the Winnipeg Jets have right now, to me, he's the crown jewel of what they can go after here. And it's pretty crazy, too, that he's actually available, Tice. When you're talking about, you know, Either a top pair defenseman or a borderline top pair defenseman who's young, cost controlled, and signed for a few more seasons after this deal. That, that that should be the dream target for the Winnipeg Jets. And so for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. For a lot of people out there, there's a certain San Jose Shark forward who's the uh, apple of their eye. And we'll get to that in just a sec. But for me, if we're talking about how the Winnipeg Jets can hit an absolute grand salami triple-decker in this trade deadline. It's going after Jacob Chikrin out there in Arizona, and the cost is going to be pretty steep, but I think one that's worth paying. For me, I have the Winnipeg Jets giving up their upcoming first-round pick, a former first-round pick in Chaz Lucius, a former first-round pick in Vili Hanela And this might surprise some people, But I'm also putting in not a former first-round pick, but defenseman Neil Pionk in the trade out there to Arizona. So my trade has Pionk, a first, Hanala, and Lucius going the other way to Arizona for Jacob And I wanted to make it, you know, add in a forward or two there, but I, I just couldn't find a way to really make it work. And I think there's some other targets that could be nice and juicy that Winnipeg could go after. But that, for me, is the big move to make, Tice. What do you think of that? Do you agree with it? Are you on the same wavelength as me? What, what do you think about in a dream scenario? Is, is Chikrin involved in, in what you've got cooking over there?
1: Well, that's also pretty much my exact first trade that I made in this, no, in this okay, scenario. Good. The only difference I had was that I took out Neil Pionk and I added a conditional twenty twenty five second round pick that has the potential to become a first round pick depending on how the Jets do in the playoffs, but that's just semantics really. And I think that's pretty equal value to what you're giving up with Neil Pionk too. So it's more so just kind of, are you getting rid of the cap or are you giving up a pick instead? And I got rid of some cap in a different move of mine later that we'll get to, but (laughs) yes,
0: Yes, Tyson. Yes. I love it. And I love, I love the NBA move there going like conditional second round pick two or three years down the road like that. That's that's what I'm talking about. I like that you're coming in hot here. Oh yeah, uh, we, got, we got we
1: got the stipulations too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now I I would imagine the package is going to be a little bit more, but not all that different. If the Jets packaged that up and went after Timo Meyer instead of Chickren, what what do you make of that? Because that's where I would say the majority,
1: not a big majority, but a slight majority of the fan base is at right now. Uh, to me, I, I just way rather have Chickren. It's just that's that's my grade A prize right there. Like that's the that's what I'm setting my eyes on if I'm the Winnipeg Jets. Timo Meyer's a great player. I love his gameplay. I love his game style. I'm not a big fan of how much you're gonna have to pay right away to keep, maintain him. And also that's gonna be a long long-term contract. And we've seen with power forwards before. They just tend to break down earlier than other players. And that's a contract that would worry me, not necessarily in the first three years of the contract, but as we get into four or five, six and Maybe we start to see him considerably slow down. That's where it would worry me. And I think with a guy like Chikrin, yeah, you're gonna have to pay him in two more seasons, but he's going to be a great A defenseman. He's gonna be a your number one, one B, I guess, behind Morrissey because he is that good. And since he's come back from injury this season against Arizona, he has been just a monster. And he's yeah. I think he would be the perfect, I guess you say Robin to Josh Morrissey's Batman for the Winnipeg Jets. And that would just solidify this decor for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah. well, This is where it comes down to me on the Meyer defenseman debate, you know, throw whoever, whatever name you want out there is take a look at the jets forward core and the jets defense core and ask yourself this question. Can the Winnipeg jets win a Stanley cup with blank. And you look at their forward group. You have to do a little bit of, you know, mental gymnastics, I think. But you look at the group they have right now, and I think they've got the main pieces locked down, right? Like they, they would need to be loaded in in other areas, right? But you've got a big time one two punch down the middle, one two three punch with Adam Lowry. You've got two elite high end wingers that can both play on different lines in Nikolai Ehlers and Cal Connor, and then good support pieces in Wheeler and Perfetti. And then, you know, potential trade additions as well, right? But you can you can squint, and if you look hard enough, you can see kind of the baseline of a forward group that you might look at and go, you know what, we can go out there and win a Stanley Cup with them. Look at the Winnipeg Jets decor. Can you say the same thing? And for me, when I look at that, the, the answer is a resounding no. And that is no fault at all to Josh Morrissey, who's playing out of his mine out of his skin so far this season. But you look at 95% of cup-winning teams in the last 20, 30 years. They all, just about all, have not only a number one defenseman, but essentially another number one defenseman on the second pair playing behind that guy. You pretty much much need to have two top pairs if you want to go deep and contend for the Stanley Cup. And I do think that if the Jets were able to go Morrissey, DeMello, let's say Chikrin, Dylan, whoever it is, but Morrissey, DeMello, Chikrin, whoever, and then you know you've got the biggings of a good third pair here. That, that to me is closer to what we need to get to with Connor Hellebuck behind you to lift Lord Stanley. I, I think that would be the missing piece there. Even with Timo Meyer up front, where the Jets would no doubt have a uh, top three, top five forward group, I look at the back end, and to me, you're just missing one more piece to contend with Tampa Bay, Colorado, Boston. The list goes on and on and on. They pretty much all have two number one guys that can each
1: anchor their own pairing there. Yeah, just to add on what you just said, the Jets' problem this, this season have mainly been because of the back end, right? It hasn't been because they, have, they haven't struggled to score much this season. It's been struggling to get the puck out of their own zone, struggling to make the play in transition. It's been those those things that's really kind of held the Jets back in some games. And I think getting in a, close to an, an elite blue liner and Jacob Chickering just totally solidifies that team. And it's a lot easier to get forwards that can help impact your, your forward group at the deadline. It's cheaper, more cost effective. To get a really good D-man though, that's hard to get. And I think that's something that this team should be really keen and on. There's lots and lots of names in this trade deadline that I think are going to go under the radar. And I think they're going to make some really significant impact on, on their new teams, maybe even more so than some of the big names that we've already seen dealt.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned forwards there, Tice, because I got a feeling that's where we're going to be uh transitioning towards here for the rest of the episode. How many more trades do you have, by the way?
1: I have four more trades.
0: Oh, <laughs> Oh you're so stupid, but that's awesome. I love it Four more. Oh, my gosh I only got two more because I mean you'd like to have some assets for for seasons to come here dude. but uh, yeah I, I'm fascinated to see what you're coming up with. Oh, that's gonna be good. i, I knew I knew I picked the right person to do this episode <laughs> with. So we'll get into the rest and we got six more tra- Jesus six more trades to go through here. we are gonna talk about an actual trade that went down. Uh, A big, big, big one, too. Now that um, two moves have been made, Timo is the the lone jewel left standing when it comes to forwards in the NHL. So we'll get to that, all of that in just a sec. But before we do that, we got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where you might be aware we've got a little bit of a busy Sunday coming up. Just the biggest Sunday on the calendar the biggest Sunday in the sports world. That's right. Super Bowl 57 is here, and DK has you covered. Where new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 in bonus bets instantly, or if you're an existing customer, you can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with Happy Hour Super Boost. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? Check the Sportsbook app every day between... Let me just make sure I got my time zones correct here. <laughs> that would be 6 to 9 Eastern, 5 to 8 Central time, and you get to see which prop bet gets boosted. How about that? you got any prop bets that people should keep an eye on there, Tice? I mentioned last week, maybe Pacheco and McKinnon over in receiving
1: yards for the Chiefs. Well, I've been doing some, uh, some research on this topic for the last little bit, and I think I've narrowed it down, and I think we've got... I think we've got a bit of a sleeper pick here in the Gatorade this season. I think right now yellow's yellows odds on favorite. I'm going clear. Clear, clear or water. Plus okay,
0: good. 50. I was worried you were going to say purple, which is just – it's my daughter's favorite color, but it's not going to be purple. But clear I can get down with. I, that's a sneaky good one there. And you like the over in the national anthem as well. So for useless sports bettors,
1: Tyson's got you <laughs> covered there with all of those picks. I might take and also, the over – Oh yeah! Oh, sorry, just to interrupt, there's also a, a huge super fight this Saturday. I know DraftKings has got some pretty sweet UFC parlays that you can hook up. Some pretty sweet contests too. Volkanovski versus Makachev super fight. We got the featherweight champ versus the lightweight champ. It's gonna be a crazy one. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's a great weekend. It's a
0: massive, massive weekend, and the Jets get back at it too. So plenty of action for you to get into with our friends over at DK. So. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. All right. Super fights, Super Bowls, and six more Super trades to get into so well, let's get right back out of here Tice. why don't we go back and forth here like do you have do you have an order in terms of like like big to small trades yes like, okay so go let's go with the, the the next biggest here I'll go with I guess the next biggest for me in terms of price given up um my my next two are going to be forwards I have no idea what the hell you have in hand here so we'll'll we'll, we'll see where that goes but now that we've got the defense solidified and we're going with demelo Morrissey. Chikrin, let's go Chikrin, Dylan, and then Schmidt and Sandberg. I like the I like the sounds of that top six there for the Jets. No Hanela and Pionk to lean on anymore, though. I was wondering in this scenario if maybe a certain six-foot-seven defenseman might be on the way out, but because we moved two D-men to get one, I'm going to keep Logan Stanley in the fold for the time being. But this is a guy that we've heard a lot of over the last year and a lot of connections to Winnipeg. If I'm going and and trying to give up, trying to avoid giving up high-end assets, if I'm going forward shopping, to me, a really sensible smart buy would be the pool party out there at Edmonton. And I'm grabbing Yessie Pugliarvi from the Oilers. For the paltry price of a third round pick. That seems to be the going rate for Pulyarve. I, I think he brings to the table a lot of Winnipeg is lacking in terms of the composition, the composition of their forward group. He is probably going to miss five to eight golden chances in the team's playoff run, but he's going to keep the puck at the other end the majority of the time. And I think he's going to provide some some physicality and a little bit of size on a line with either Nick Ehlers or Kyle Connor. So I think Pugliarvi does a lot of the things that the Jets could use up front and to be a complementary piece in the middle six. That is a pretty nice price to pay. And again, have another guy that's under team control and going to be with the team for more than one playoff run. So I got Pugliarvi from Edmonton for a third round pick.
1: Yeah, I like the Pugliarvi addition. And I don't even think it's going to take a third round pick at this point. I mean, it sounds like better. there's a chance that they might have to put him through waivers and then maybe then just so teams can flip them back and forth. But I think that a bottom dweller would take him, and just, yeah, I,
0: yeah that's them. the thing. I, I don't want to risk that if you're the jets, right? Because like oh, why yeah. in the world wouldn't, I mean, any of the teams in the bottom 10,
1: take a guy like that for free. Right. So if you can go to the Oilers and tempt them and say, Hey, look, how about a fourth, a fourth round pick instead, and you don't lose him for nothing. And I think that could, that could happen my my tr- my next trade is uh for forward as well it's a little <laughs> it's a little more of a of a little bolster to the lineup i'll say but i'm heading to detroit with my second trade and i am sending so oh, sorry my phone just i'm sending jansen harkins a 2024 second round pick and logan stanley to the detroit red, red wings for tyler bertuzzi and I think Tyler Ooh. Bertuzzi is a name that's kind of slipping under the radar a bit. He's he's had some really good seasons. He's got the skill. He's got the sandpaper. And I think he would be a great addition to this Jets top nine, top six even. And, I like, just think of that. Just think of that top six with Tyler Bertuzzi. You can even slide down to the third line and have a checking line with Adam Lowry and maybe my next trade candidate that's coming up. That. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy that's, He's, he's more of a low-under-the-radar low name that's kind of fell through the cracks a little bit. He's only on an expiring deal, but I think Tyler Bertuzzi's got that sandpaper. He's got the grit. He's got I think he's a great playoff player. I think he's the perfect guy you need for a playoff run, and he can get under opponent's skin. I just think it would be a perfect addition to this Jets lineup and Jets forward group, and it's kind of just a different element, too.
0: Hey, sign me up for Tyler Bertuzzi 100%. I, I love you know what he does out there on the ice would be a massive,
1: massive pickup for the team. You said a, se- a second Harkins and Stanley, yes, and uh, Tyler Bertuzzi would have to be fifty percent retained as well, but he only makes okay. four million, so it's not that much.
0: Okay, I mean that that's that's within the realm of of realism, I would say. Interesting, I I do think Bertuzzi's kind of going under the radar right now. I mean, I, I, nobody really knows what Stevie Wise is going to be up to there, but yeah, I'll tell you what, man, if they can get they could get Tyler Pertuzzi out of Detroit, that would be a significant boost to the top six. No doubt about it there. So good work, Tyson. I love it. Well, you got a few more moves to make. I've only got one more to get to here, so I'll just go to mine. And I'm getting sneaky, smart, and good with it here because I think the Winnipeg Jets can get a pretty big gem out there for the cost of maybe a late-round pick. I don't think it's gonna. I just don't think it's gonna be all that much for the Jets to to pay into this one. But I am big time on the train of let's bring Gus Nyquist over to Winnipeg. Assuming, of course, that he is going to be healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. Sounds like he's out for the regular season, but it, I don't think he's done, done, done for the entire year. But I mean, if you can get a guy like that for basically nothing off the scrap heap. I mean, Columbus doesn't really have any leverage in this situation whatsoever. They'll be happy to take any kind of a pick for him. It's going to be an upcoming UFA. That's the kind of guy that you want to go after. And the Jets have more more than have the cap space to get it done, put him on LTIR, whatever it is. They can go ahead and make that move happen there. And in that situation, the Jets, in my dream scenario, are only giving up a third and a fifth round pick for essentially two middle six wingers. That is a really, really, really good price to pay. That, that's something that I think all, all of us could kind of, you know, taste and enjoy our appetite on that one. So I'm going to go with Gus Nyquist for basically nothing. I'll call it a fifth-round pick. Um, I, I mean, hey, if it's a fourth-round pick, sign me up for that too. But I think having Nyquist come in and ready to go once the playoffs get started puts this team's forward group in a really, really good-looking place.
1: Yeah, no, Nyquist is definitely a great ad. He's also a guy that I've had my eye on. I think that he's, whatever team adds him, is getting like a proven scorer, a guy who can, he just does little things right too. He's a really sneaky, underrated player. And I think people kind of kind of threw him off, threw him to the dirt almost a little bit after he had that first really good season with Detroit. And then he kind of struggled to put up the numbers everyone expected. I feel like people kind of just tossed him aside and he's proven that he's just an underrated player. And yeah, that's Nyquist would be great. All. Oh, Barring that, he's okay from injury.
0: All right. So we know my team now. What in the world do you have up your sleeve here, Tyson?
1: With what is it, three or four more trades to go? I've got three more to go. All, All right. Well, let's go. Let's go back three. to back to back here. Okay. Yeah. The last two are corresponding, so that's a. Oh, great. <laughs> so I'm heading to Chicago with my third trade, and I I just couldn't resist myself. I couldn't resist the homecoming. Oh, I'm... Tyson. Jonathan Taves for Danny Jilkin Gil- and a 2023 third round pick. And then after that, we needed to clear out a little bit more cap just because we did go a bit over getting Jonathan Taves in for Tuesday. So we shipped out Brendan Dillon for a third round pick pretty much to anywhere. That's just, that, that's kind of my stipulation in that trade. Whoever can take him on, whoever wants him. And to correspond with that brennan Dillon trade, the Jets move out a late-round pick, a fifth-round, a sixth-round pick to Philadelphia for Nick Sealer to be their seventh defenseman for the rest of the season. All
0: right. So we're all done there? That's all you got left in the tank?
1: Yep. And we're and we're just barely cap-compliant, too. <laughs> that,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. Just barely. But you're, you're cap-compliant, which is all that matters there. Awesome. So, now do you have your entire roster written down there? Like what the Jets look like up front and on the back end? I do.
1: Let me just pull There's, this up.
0: Now, I'll I'll do mine first while you get yours ready. Um, just so we can get a sense of what this team looks like, you know, heading into the uh heading into the playoffs and you can kind of get a sense of, you know, whose roster do you like better? And since we both went Chicken, You know, would it be best for the Jets to maybe do Meyer instead of Chikrin as their big, big, big buy? So, for me, getting Pugliarvi and Nyquist into the fold, up front, I have the Jets going Dubois, Connor, and Pugliarvi, followed by Scheifele, Ehlers, and I went with Perfetti here. Now, I mean, look, they can, we can figure out what's the best way to go about it here, Um but whether it's perfetti or somebody else, I like perfetti just mainly because I think it's a better fit as opposed to having um perfetti with Lowry's line. But I got Eiler Schefley Perfetti and then Lowry Wheeler Nyquist, followed by a really good looking fourth line of Baron, Appleton, and Stenland. Then on the back end, Morrissey DeMello, Jacob Trick Jacob Chikrin, and Nate Schmidt. Actually, no, sorry, Chikrin and Brendan Dillon. And then a uh, third pair of Dylan Sandberg and Brendan Dillon. Um, and then I, I'll go with Connor Hellebuck and Ned, um, David Riddich to back up. Tyson. It, right? What's that? I think you, you might have said Brendan Dillon a couple times. There. You're right. Yeah, no, sorry. Schmidt and Sandberg on the third yeah.
1: pair, Dylan Chickren on the uh, the second pair there. Yeah, no, for mine, and I'll buckle up here. <laughs> yeah. For mine, I've got Cal Connor, PLD, and Ehlers as the first line. We rolled with Cole Perfetti, Scheifele, and Blake Wheeler as the third line. This is where we get a little bit deep here Tyler Bertuzzi, Jonathan Taves, and Morgan Barron on the third line, and Jansen Fialbi, Adam Lowry, and Mason Appleton on the fourth line. For defense, we rolled with Morrissey DeMello, Chikrin Pionk. And then Sandberg and Schmidt with Nick Sealer as our seventh D man. And you have Hellebook starting. We we have to send him out. We have to put him on waivers. Oh, to
0: get Oh no, we lost Helly. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> I figured that was the final the yeah. the final piece of your plan. There was something stupid like that. Awesome. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, as as many trades as you made, yours isn't even all that outlandish, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's. There's, there's still a possibility of a bunch of those coming in, and what I like about yours, maybe even more so than mine, is I think you might have done it. Even I mean, you gave up a lot more assets, but you're kind of almost like like I guess Bertuzzi becomes your Timo Meyer light in a way, right? Like you're you're getting the number one defense, but you're also getting a pretty big boost inside your your top six there with Bertuzzi coming over. Um, I think what I like better about mine is the fact that I don't trade the entire team's future to get this done. I was able to only give up a third and a fifth round pick for a couple of forwards and then, you know, keep the majority of the uh, prospects and all that in bay here still.
1: Well, we got, we got a third round, third round pick back from Dylan. So that was, that was pretty Sorry. Yeah. No, the the jets are just fine. Then Never mind. But like with mine, I still like that. You keep Lambert and McGordy. You still have those two big pieces. You still have Dylan Sandberg. And then, I mean, hey, if whatever happens with PLD, you're going to be getting assets there. So I think the Jets' future still is, it's definitely taken a hit. They don't have as many assets coming up as they would have, but I still do think that you're in a decent position going forward with the trades. You still have those high-end prospects that you can bank on. Then now you could slowly start to rebuild the defensive prospect pool because you do lose quite a bit in that regard. So I think that would be the Jets' focus going into this next, I guess, we'll. They don't really have any picks with my scenario in this next draft, so I don't think they would do that this draft, but depending on what happens with PLD, we'll see. I think that they'll be able to get a couple assets back, Bill, in that trade.
0: Right. If it Tyson sent the scouts home early. No worries there. Enjoy the summer, everybody. But, yeah, that's, and that's the other part of this, too, in that, you know, if the Jets do go out there and, and, and are aggressive, and, I mean, they probably know this better than us. Not probably. They know this better than us. They already kind of know that Dubois is out the door. I mean, you you make a big trade for whoever it might be, and you're probably getting those assets right back, and then you're back to square one, right? So uh, I I wouldn't worry too much about the Jets giving up a ton of picks and and maybe prospects in in this upcoming trade deadline because they might be getting some back uh, pretty soon. And if Dubois stays, then, oh, I don't know. We'll figure it out later. That's a problem for future us. But there we go. That's our trade deadline dream scenario for the Jets. Let us know how we did and let us know what yours is as well by the way i would love to see some timo meyer ones like is is my if for for those people that love the prospect of timo meyer becoming a winnipeg jet is that the only move that's made what would be some of the moves that could also come along with meyer coming over to winnipeg I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that might be and how you might try to go about improving the team's back end now quickly before we wrap it up tice Uh, This happened literally as I went on Hustler's show on Winnipeg Sports Talk earlier today. But a massive, massive trade in the Western Conference in the Central Division. But Vladimir Tarasenko is no longer a St. Louis Blue off to the Rangers, as well as I should mention uh, Mikola from the Blues heading to the Rangers. Some picks, Sammy Blaze, a no-name prospect I've never heard of going back the other way. What did you make of the deal, and what do you make about this for the St. Louis Blues putting up the for
1: sale sign? You know, not all that far out of the playoff line right now. I'm a little underwhelmed, to be honest, by what they ended up getting. I mean, Tarasenko he's he's an (laughs) all-star. He was voted an all-star this year, and now all of a sudden, all you're really getting is a first-round pick, and is also a really solid defenseman. I mean, he's nothing special, but to me, I think that that warrants... What they got for I thought that was mostly what they would get for maybe Sink I think Sammy Blaze kind of just a, a nothing nothing player, just some contract to fill out. And I I think you could have gotten a solid prospect too to go along with this package. And to me, that just screams the Rangers were hearing what the Devils and the the Hurricanes and some of the other suitors for Timo Meyer were willing to pry, to to pay. And I think they just went, you know what. Let's just get some. Let's get one of these other guys instead. Let's get Vladimir Tarasenko, a guy who's known for being a playoff performer too. And I think they're like, let's cut our losses. We don't we don't have to always go for the biggest fish on the market. Let's go. Let's make the move now. And I think that was a smart decision by Chris Drury.
0: Yeah, I love the move for the Rangers. I think they did really well here, right? Like, I mean, it's not the headline move, but you improve your third pair with Mikola coming over. And you get a guy that's—I don't know if he's best buds with Panarin, but they're—they're—they're they're, they're pretty good pals at least. And I'm not going to be shocked to see um, Panarin and Tarasenko one timers become a pretty big staple of the uh, Rangers' offensive game plan for the next little while years. I New York filled their biggest need here, and they didn't give up a ton to do it. Uh, but having said that, I—I don't—I don't necessarily dislike it for St. Louis. I mean, Tank isn't what he once was. He's not having the—I mean, he's an all-star, but he's not having the season that he had the year before that and i mean getting a first round pick and a b level prospect it's it's not the worst thing in the world and i guess at the same time it gives you you know some days and some weeks to prepare and think about what you're going to do with Ryan O'Reilly and to a lesser extent Ivan Barbashev as well um what i do like about it from st louis's perspective and i think armstrong the gm over there is maybe the best in the entire NHL at this. And it's it's hard to do, but he knows when to hold them and he knows when to fold them. And if he thinks his team doesn't have what it takes, then bye-bye, screw the we're only two points out of a playoff spot that so many teams fall into the trap of. It's We got to figure out a way to help this team avoid this scenario next year. And he went out there, and he's going to get a pretty big haul for O'Reilly and Barbashev as well. As of right now, the Blues are only five points out of a playoff spot. Um, There's a lot of teams that have convinced themselves of bigger deficits to to hold on to some assets there. So I do like that St. Louis, going back to the Paul Stasny trade, has been a little proactive in terms of that happening. What this trade also does, just quickly here, Tice... It does put a little extra stress and onus on you know GMs and fans and all that that are in the Timo Meyer sweepstakes because you don't get Timo Meyer now. There isn't really a high end elite scoring winner out there, right? So like for Winnipeg, for New Jersey, I don't know who else might be in the mix there. Like you're kind of like, should we bring our best offer to the table now and get this one done if we think he's our guy?
1: Yeah, and I think that's exact. That's exactly my first thought when this trade happened was that I think the Timo Meyer trade is going to get done in the next couple of days. I just think, Ooh. I think that's Chris Jury reading the tea leaves and thinking, you know what, this thing's starting to heat up, and we just don't, we we just can't match it. So let's let's make our move now. Let's get it done before all these teams start to fall back on Tarasenko, and then that price starts going up. They're like, let's get our plan B now because our plan A is not going to work out. And I think yes. that's exactly what smart GM should be doing, right? Like making those moves proactively instead of reacting to something that's happened and then potentially getting a worse deal than you would have gotten even just a couple days earlier.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I kind of like Tarasenko as a sneaky little under the radar pickup for the Jets, maybe not at a first round pick cost, but, uh, Oh, well you live and you learn. Maybe there's a different St. Louis blue. that would have picked jets could go after (laughs) Ryan O'Reilly cons my trophy winner. Um, (laughs) but we'll see how this all plays out here. Really? I was going to say still a lot of time. And I guess kind of with about three-ish weeks left. But that's not a lot of time here. Like these moves are going to start happening really, really quickly here. So clock is ticking. Time to get on it, Chevy and company. We'll see where things play out as we uh, get closer to that deadline in early March. But that's a discussion for a later date. We'll cap off the episode here and call it quits for the week. So thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll get back at it next week, Tuesday morning. And it feels like it's been forever, but we'll actually get a chance to break down some Winnipeg Jets hockey. One game on the weekend docket for the Jets. A 9 p.m. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Saturday night game in Winnipeg. Good. Good God, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. All right. I guess we got a Saturday night game against Chicago. Got to do that one uh, before the Kraken come to town and a bit of a beauty, surprisingly on Tuesday. Um, so we'll look back at the Chicago game and then get ready for the matchup against the Kraken. Hey, and maybe this won't be the last time Jonathan Taves comes to Canada life center this year. We'll see what happens there, but That's where we'll go next week, and that's where we'll leave it off today. Thank you guys once again for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki stopping by once again. We'll get back at a Tuesday morning. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and have fun, everybody. Peace.